what is going on. I, I, you know, besides it being shocking, the one thing we need to understand is that it seems like trauma is prevalent in many children's lives, many people's lives. We're surrounded by violence within the immediate home environment, but even outside in terms of the neighborhood and, and, and everything else around is just, uh, you know, speaks of violence. And it seems like that has become the norm of resolving conflict, problem solving, and uh, it sits on the foreground of many children, many people. And, and I think this is what seems to be lurking and, and seems to be gripping people. So it is this culture of violence that we are faced with, and it, it, it's very difficult to manage that because we not only see violence being reenacted, but what you've described in terms of the three cases, we've seen an outrage of rage, uh, uncontrollable impulses, a lack of impulse control, and uh, behaviors that are totally not only unlawful, but uh, you know it, it is absolutely unexplainable in terms of what we are faced with, because these are children. These are not even adults. Uh, so where are the responsible adults? Indeed, and I think that is what we need to ask the question. Where are these children learning these behaviors from? What is it that you know has influenced this kind of behavior? Children are a microcosm of the macrocosm. They're mirroring what is happening in society. And, and where do they, you know, children learn best by observation? They learn by what they've been subjected to, and I think uh, it's learning theory, behavior, social learning theory, observation, and and how they've been treated. So I think these are the things which when you ask about where are the adults, you know, adults need to actually revisit and re-look at their roles, their responsibilities, and how their behavior has impacted on children. Uh, I want to talk about the 17-year-old that was caught in the act of raping an 18-year-old girl. And then, uh, just a word of warning, I'm going to have to use a, uh, a naughty word here. Um, the victim told, the, the, the perpetrator told the victim's mother, I didn't come inside of her. Uh, what does that show? Is that an excuse that he's using? What does that mean? So that is typical, uh, you know, it's a typical modus operandi of sexual predators. I think what we see is that there's often the use of rationalization. So what is rationalization? We, we find that this minimization of impact, minimization of awareness, minimization of responsibility. And in this case, it clearly uh, you know, shows that he's saying that the minimization of impact, that uh, the mere fact that he did not ejaculate or come inside of her, taking away, uh, you know, the, the, the impact, the intensity, the whole act of the rape. And I think this is what we often see in, in the sexual predators where they use defense mechanisms to justify their actions or to minimize it. We, you know, uh, and I think that is a reality we face with where there's the cognitive distortions. Uh, and, and unfortunately, this is how they operate and we know that in, in this instance as well but it was it wasn't just an 
act of, it wasn't a random act. It was premeditated because it was orchestrated behind closed doors. It's, it's an act of secrecy. And then if we look at the 17-year-old and the young victim, the distance in terms of not only the physical distance, but the psychological distance right. and how it leaves the victim powerless, helpless and hopeless. Um, you know, the victim cannot do anything, cannot stop, cannot yell, cannot tell, and, and actually uh, you know, it, uh, accommodates the whole thing. Doctor, we could talk for, for hours on this. Thanks very much for joining us, and hopefully it'll be something that'll be picked up over the next few hours and days here on SAFM as well. Dr. Shahida Omar, Director of Clinical Services at the Teddy Bear Clinic.